0: And hello, everybody. Welcome along, late tea time podders out there. We're back, as always, on a Wednesday to take you through the golf heads. And the uh, well, eagle eyed amongst you that follow us on the At late tea time pod Twitter feed will have seen that uh, I am James, as always. Uh, although I wasn't last week because Dave Tyndall did it just on the audio because I was doing tennis. Um, but uh, we have a, I was going to say imposter, that's not right, is it? We, have, we, we basically replaced Dave Tyndall, who was holidaying with um, this gentleman, who I'll bring him on now, Matt Cooper. Um, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, James. Thank you very much. I, I
1: kind of made a half appearance with with uh, a little bit of a message from the Women's British Open
0: a couple of weeks ago, but it's great to make my uh, my complete debut this week. Well, as I said on the on the Twitter earlier, if you nail all of your shouts this week, then Dave Tyndall might stroll to get the shirt back. Yeah, quite yeah, possibly, yeah. If, if you snooze, you lose. You, know, you, you, you clear off to Paris... Um, and uh, and leave the shirt uh, empty. Then uh, Matt Cooper jumps into it. We're talking about uh, the BMW Championship um, first and foremost. We'll move on to the Czech Masters a little bit later on. I'm going to basically pick your brains about the Live Tour as well halfway through to see if you are of the same kind of opinion as Dave Tyndall in terms of that competition. But let's start off in uh, in the US, shall we? The BMW Championship. On the PGA Tour, the top end of the markets. I'll just give you the first four here. Rory McElroy, he's around about eleven to one to win the thing. John Rahm is fourteen to one. Matt Fitzpatrick sixteen to one. Scotty Scheffler is in there at sixteen to one. I mean, you can see there, Matt, just from those names, that it's a good field in the US this week. How have you? How are you approaching this one when it comes to betting? Well, initially, it's a bit of a tricky one. This is the first time that the PGA
1: Tour has ever been to the state of Delaware. Uh, which is a little bit deceptive. Delaware's a tiny little state tucked in between New Jersey and Maryland, and they've been they've been very close but never quite been there, which means, of course, they've never been to this, this golf course. One man has played it in competition. That's Justin Thomas. He played in something called the Palmer Cup, which is a, a kind of like uh, a Ryder Cup for college golf. Uh, and he actually played very well in that, got three and a half points from his four matches. But we didn't know very much about it, apart from the fact that Robert Trent Jones had uh, had designed the golf course, uh, and we know a little bit about him, Valderama, which you'll know a lot about. It's a, it's a regular host on the European Tour, Firestone Country Club. That's another of his that used to host an event regularly on the PGA Tour. So there were a few clues there, but we've really had to wait and see what the players have said. And uh, and the, the the more of them that have been in, the more it's kind of revealed that it, uh, something we kind of expected, which is going to fa- it's going to favour. Uh, good drivers of the golf ball. So Rory McIlroy has literally just been talking to the press uh, just before we came on that and he said it's it's up my alley. Scope to hit driver. Length is an advantage here. Just my sort of golf course that I can feel I can excel on. The flip side of that is, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy just doesn't win as often as he should do. So it's as as much as we would like to see him win more. He just he he you know he's. He finds a way down the, the down the, the the final straight to to allow somebody to pass him. So, he, I, I, although I recognise this is a good week for him, I'm a little bit dubious about his his chances again.
0: I, I take you from what you just said there. Then we're not taking Rory, who is the favourite at eleven to one to win. Are we going to go a bit further down the list? Just going to drop a little bit further down. I would be very in, uh, interested in John
1: Rahm. He really likes playing golf on this type of uh, on this type of golf course, and he's even said this this. This kind of area, the northeast of America, he said, you know, that the golf courses around here, they they kind of suit him. So he's in much the same sort of um, ballpark in that in that sense as Rory McIlroy. But the big thing with John Rahm this uh, year is that with the exception of the Mexico Open, which wasn't a great field, uh, that is the one week this year when he's putted and chipped anything like his normal quality. So although, like Rory, he's a great player from the – from the tee he hits it a long way he makes a lot of games on the field from the tee he's just he's another player who's just as, as struggled to, to get over the line the, the the thing that almost tempted me with him is that he finished top five last week which is a bit of a leap from what he's been doing recently but actually I'm going to go back to what I first said Justin Thomas he's got a little bit of course experience he's actually admitted that he doesn't really remember it from nine years ago Um, he just remembers it was a bit wet and it's going to be very different to that this week but clearly something about the the course fitted his eye Uh, but the other thing that i really like with him there's a couple of them one he's won at firestone which i mentioned earlier is a robert trench jones senior golf course and that is also a golf course that people who can drive the ball well there they succeed and just and thomas himself he said if i drive it well here it will definitely favor me and Added to that theory is he's got the tight list TSR three driver in his bag as of last week, and in recent weeks, Cam Smith added it to his bag, won the Open. Will Zalatoris added it to his bag, and he won last week. So Thomas is going for the TSR three hat trick. So that's my that's the confirmer for me. And uh, yeah, you can get him sixteen to one top seven, which is the which is the top price and the top number of places.
0: So that's, that's for William Hill, isn't it, the, for Justin yeah. Thomas Stewart to win the B, BMW Championship. So all the, basically what you're saying is golf's easy. You just add that club to your bag and you start winning. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, you know, if I if I teamed it up this week with the TSR3, uh,
0: yeah, 100 to 1 outside, uh, yeah, no, no, it's not that simple. No, if only. <laughs> so that's the uh, BMW Championship. Justin Thomas, 16 to 1, William Hill, seven places for him to uh, lift that trophy.
1: This is Late Tea
0: Time, the Golf Betting Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports
1: is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
0: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
1: many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Before we move across uh, across back, across the Atlantic to the Czech Masters, let's have a little bit of a chat about Liv, because I've seen on Twitter the um, Tiger Woods looking very stony face, walking to his big 4 before off a plane, a private jet, to uh, go and have a chat with the PGA players. Um, they're trying to kind of galvanise, aren't they? They're trying to get the PGA Tour to be strong, and to try and resist the the lure of the lure of live, how, how do you see um, the live? Because I've had many conversations with DT on this podcast. Dave is very uh, moralistic. I wouldn't take that dirty money, even if you offered me ten million dollars for two weeks' work kind of stuff. Are you of the same kind of ilk, or I, I kind of take a bit of a,
1: a, a two tone look to this? I'm with Dave in saying that I I, I wouldn't want the sport being in hock to Saudi Arabia and um, the PIF, the private investment funds that is funding this. And I've also, I've, I've, I went to the first Live event in Centurion. I also went to the press conference that was quite controversial. In fact, I asked one of the questions that was, was quite controversial. And I got a little bit heated about the, about the, the lack of morals. Uh, but I think the media and the two major tours are making a bit of a, a public relations mistake in focusing on the human rights and the greed of the players as the two battlegrounds, because I think what's happening with that is it's it's taking all the attention towards that, and I don't think they're battlegrounds that can be won, whereas I think the the real issue and the real threat here um once you acknowledge what that threat is, it actually makes a lot of these questions far more straightforward to sort of to, to answer the critics so for instance i the threat here i I perceive. And I, I, I'm, you know, there are people who disagree with me on this. When I was at the Open, I chatted to lots of journalists who've had inside information and they they disagree. But I think this is akin to a hostile takeover by Liv of the top level of professional golf. The notion that Liv can live alongside the PGA Tour at the same time, it doesn't really wash one. When, when you start to yeah. imagine those two schedules together. So let, let's imagine that they try to do that. Liv has 14 events next year. Now, if they're going to live together, a lot of the players who are currently aligned with the PGA Tour might go over to live. In all those 14 weeks, the PGA Tour events next to them are going to be downgraded because they're going to have poor fields. Because mm. those players are going to be playing all those events, probably at least 14 to 16 other events are going to have weakened fields. So that's as many as 30 PGA Tour events are suddenly weakened. That means that the corporate backers they've got are going to be wondering what, what we're putting so much money into this into this tournament for. So the PGA tour is going to be weakened. Two things happen. Either PGA weakens and it struggles forever, or Liv steps into the breach and takes over. And the people who are in charge of Liv, the PIF, they're not they're not really interested in being, you know, sort of half involved in something. They want to get complete involvement in it. So that's one threat that the PGA Tour has to be taken into account. A second element of that is as it currently stands, the two major tours are tour member tours. So they can vote off the board. They can decide that you are not doing a good job. We want to get rid of you. They can't do that. And the world and the golf cannot do that with Liv. As we're suddenly discovering, when all this is going to court, we're suddenly discovering that um, all these notions that they're free operators just doesn't exist. Those players have got to stick with Liv for the whole schedule. And I personally, I wouldn't trust them that 14 is the limit that they're going to do. But I mean, that's me being a bit of a sceptic. There's another element to this. And this is that the PIF, Uh, answers to SBS. Now, Greg Norman says he doesn't answer to SBS, but PIF does. Now, the man that currently runs PIF likes golf. But what happens if, as has happened in the past, SBS Mm -hmm. says, I don't want the bloke who's running PIF at the moment. I want somebody else. Now, that would be a bit awkward if it happened now. It would be potentially ruinous for the top of professional golf if that happened in three years' time, when they've thrown their lot into um, into the sport now once you start to see that landscape and the potential for basically capsizing the sport that's why the PJ tour is scared that's why a lot of the players ought to be scared and also that's why and there's a difference they, it, once you recognize that when keith Pelley gets criticism for going to saudi arabia for the saudi international he was content because it was for one week he's scared that if they take control of the entire circuit that's very different to going for one week there's no doubt there's a lot of hypocrisy involved in that, but actually you can see there's also there's hypocrisy, but there's also there's reasons why if if you just, let's say, Pelly's just a straightforward hypocrite, well, in one sense, he's not, because he's quite happy to take the money for one week, but he doesn't want controlling the entire sport and the entire mm-hmm. circuit. Um Yeah, so uh, it's a complicated, long-winded answer, but um I, I'm mostly against it because I think there's huge threats to the
0: long-term security of the sport at the top. So if I was... On the phone to you now, is that, Is that Mr. Cooper? Yeah. I'm sitting in Saudi Arabia. Um, I've heard that you cover golf. Now, we want people out here to work for us and to promote our tournament and to write about it. $10 million, do you? I, we only need you for three months. Are you coming? Yeah, a, a good question, but I'd say no. And, and I, I tell you, here's another reason why I could
1: do it. I reckon that there's, there's loads of jobs I could take where I could earn more money than I do doing the job I'm currently doing. I'm, I'm, my, I'm doing what I do because I like doing it. And, uh, you know, I, if, if I wanted to earn more money, I, I could pretty much go and work in a shop, to be honest. It's
0: like, so
1: <laughs> so, so, so like, uh, if, you know, if it's just a matter of money, there's, there's loads of things yeah. I could do. I also appreciate there's, there's, lots of, there's lots of people who do a different thing. Uh, the only other thing I would say is when lots of people say they're doing this for their family, and and I appreciate that you want to do great stuff for your family. There also becomes a point I would suspect where you've got so much money, it actually becomes a threat for your children, because what you're actually yeah. going to just do is you're just going to bring up a bunch of entitled little brats. Yeah. Now, I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't turn to in and say quite those terms, but um, he, I mean, in many ways, he's he's an exceptional, exceptional uh, character, Ian Poulter, and an exceptional sort of role model in the way that he's worked so hard to get what he's achieved but I, it, it is interesting that there is a threat that nobody ever talks about when you've got so much money uh, the, the security that you're creating for your children is actually just to be get a little bit lost because they've got no they've, they've got no drive and I, I, I i i can see the potential for there being a netflix documentary in the future
0: the children of live uh, just to see um, what's actually happened to them there's a, a female tennis player who i cover quite a lot jessica Pegula who's an American, whose uh, um, father is a oil and gas tycoon in America. He owns the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres, and he's got loads and loads of money. I really admire her. She's number seven, I think, in the world at the moment, because she's basically thought, I want to do something for myself, and she's earning a lot of money playing tennis. She could have just sat around the pool, gone to all the socialite events and um, and not really bothered because she could have afforded to quite a swanky dress and gone off to do the cocktail parties. But yeah, I quite admire people like that. But they're few and far between, I would suggest. Uh, well, I suspect it, I mean, it, it, it's a classic example
1: where it would be very straightforward to say, well, it is possible for those children to, to, to do well. And I'm sure plenty of them will do. Um, but that, it is what we're really looking at is that is the majority in my head when i think of this 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 program the children of live it it resembles seven up you know the fantastic itv documentary that like visited the children every seven years yeah Yeah, that that's kind of my
0: live up yeah that'd be my that'd be my (laughs) live (laughs) up you can tell that the person from south Saudi arabia calling you is um, actually not real because you'd have a better phone than that yeah.
1: This is late tea time. The last word in golf betting.
0: With James Butler and Dave Tindall. Anyway, let's move on. Um the Check Masters. And um, we have um the winner markets for this one. Thomas Peters is the favorite. He's 8 to 1. Um then there's uh, quite a big gap actually. He's hot favorite, isn't he? I, I've yeah. Actually not lots of these yet. Thomas Peters 8 to 1. And then you have to jump all the way to 22-1 to one for the next in the in the rankings. Victor Perez, Richard Mansell, and then Henny de Plessis, de Plessis is uh, 28. Um, is it that cut and dry, this, that Thomas Peters is just going to walk it? Because the, the prices would suggest so. Well, it's interesting. He's been talking today. And,
1: and um, last week, uh, Rory McIlroy admitted he was quite rusty because he played no golf for two weeks. Um, that is a bit of a klaxon warning for uh, anybody who wants to back Thomas Peters to win because he's just admitted that he's just spent two weeks on the beach and hasn't touched the golf clubs until last weekend. So if, if Peters is not, I mean, he's a good golfer, but he's not as good as Rory McIlroy. So um, he's, he's fighting that uh, particular problem. Um, it's quite interesting. I know you guys have have been on the Eddie Pepperell train in the last couple of weeks with some success. I'll,
0: I'll cut in there. Did you see his video on Twitter? I, d- I did. Yes. Uh, uh, a, a, a,
1: if nothing else, a, a spectacular. His acting's come on bounds because uh, he was he wasn't the worst in a few of those little little bits and bobs that the European Tour put up, but it was it's quite a spectacularly dry performance, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, have a look at the at late tea time pod because I've um, on the on Twitter because I retweeted it this morning because yeah, it, it's basically a bit of a dig it live with a twist at the end, isn't it? Um, it is, yes, it?
1: yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, um, it's fascinating because uh, as Dave has pointed out quite regularly, he's not just finishing high up the leaderboard, he was second at the hero open, that one of three top 20s in his last three starts, but he's also finished fifth, fifth, and ninth in six. Yeah starts in this tournament um so um given that his stats were again very good when he was 20th last time out he's he's obviously of interest um however i mean the the bet i really like this week is is actually in uh betfair you can you can have who you want in a multiple of top 20s and um and although i admire peter's uh, uh, and his chances this week, because he's, again, a bit like Eddie Pettbrook, he's made six starts here, uh, four of them top 10 and two of them victories, hence his favouritism. Uh, but in addition to that, Thomas Peters, in his last 10 starts in regular DP World Tour events, he has eight top 20s in his last 10 starts. So Thomas Peters at the moment is just is just gobbling up this quality of field. Um, purple we've already mentioned, has got three top 20s in the last three starts, three top 20s in his um, six starts here. And then I also like Thriston Lawrence, the South African. He won at the start of this season. Uh, and again, in this level of field this season, he's got seven top 20s in nine starts. Uh, the big thing with Thriston Lawrence, he's absolutely exceptional on par fives this season. And he's done it before. Two seasons ago, he was top of the top, uh, top of the top, uh, par five scoring averages. And the par fives are the really important holes on this golf course. Albatross Golf Resort, just outside of Prague. So uh, this course looks right up Tristan Lawrence's um, uh, alley. And if you combine the three of them, uh, Peters is 4-9, Peprol, uh, Evens, I think. Um, Tristan Lawrence, just a touch over Evens, put together their 6.5 or 11-2 to 2 for all three of them to
0: make the top 20 at the Betfair Sportsbook. I like that. I like that. So that's Tristan Lawrence, Thomas Peters, and Eddie Pepperell all to make the top twenty six point five to one, and that's with Betfair. He said, "That's correct. Yep." Uh, and if you fancy going with Eddie Pepperell and continuing the uh, to support him, um, his best price of about thirty to one, but uh, you can probably get him twenty five to one, five places um, or seven places with Betfair around that kind of area. Anyway, that's where Eddie Pepperell is situated so the two bets then um on uh, his debut matt cooper's debut on the late tea time podcast the bmw championship we've got justin thomas 16 to 1 william hill with for seven places and for the czech masters this is with bet fair it's uh, three players to get into the top 20 lawrence peters and Pepperell, um 6.5 to 1 for them all to be in the top 20 Matt Cooper, it's been very good to have you with me. I'm not sure if um, I'm going to allow Dave Tindall But What are you doing next Wednesday? <laughs> uh, I think I'm free. So if, if Dave gets lost...
1: <laughs> if Dave, actually, Dave might get lost because of, uh, how familiar are you with the film Midnight in Paris? Um, oh, yes. You're a big fan? So last time I was in Paris, I actually made a midnight sojourn to the steppe where... Um, what's the actor called? He's gone and slipped. It's not Woody Harrelson. What, uh, Matthew... Oh, gosh. No, Owen. Owen, what's he called? Owen Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. So Owen Wilson goes to those steps, steps into a car and finds himself in the 1920s. And uh, yeah, I went there. No car turned up. I have told Dave exactly where their steps are. So if Dave doesn't turn (laughs) up after this week, it's because he's in the 1920s, living it it up
0: with F. Scott Fitzgerald or something. I can guarantee that he'll be running a a golf betting podcast in the 1920s. He'll be getting it all right. (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I, I
1: tell you what if he does go back to the 1920s um i've, I've it would remind me of there's a very good line in an alexis sale um podcast where he talks about writing a letter to his teenage self and, you know it's, it's a very it's very sort of pompous I it's a nice yeah. thing, but a very pompous thing that people talk about what they do what they tell each other and alexis sale did this you know followed followed the brief and told his, his younger self a few things, and then just said, said to his, he said, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but he said something like, in 1968, so-and-so wins the Grand National. <laughs> I thought, yes, that's exactly what I'd do in any letter to my younger self.
0: You'd have to, wouldn't you? You'd have to, bearing in mind uh, what this, kind of, this podcast and what we're doing is all leading to. So, But if only... Uh, we would we'd gone back uh, we'd gone forward a few weeks and jump back because we'd, we'd guarantee that the uh, the tips this week would be right. But gamble responsibly, everybody, because we can't guarantee that. We don't have time travel just yet on the late tea time podcast. Um, but uh, Matt Cooper's tips are there for you. Um, if Dave doesn't get lost, he will be back with me um, this time next week on the late tea time pod. But Matt, it's been great to meet you, and thank you very much for jumping in. That's great. Thanks a lot, James. See you soon. And uh, thanks out there, everybody, for uh, watching Stroke Listening. And uh, we'll see you again very soon indeed. Always gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for more information.
1: Podcast Network.